Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So yesterday, I mentioned that some of the best ideas in Web3 are the least sexy. Now, today, I experienced something that really backs up everything I say. It makes me want to double down on that statement that I made. Also, it gave me the inspiration to outline what kind of NFT projects I'm going to be looking forward to from now on. So today, I'm going to share all of that with you. So in case you haven't heard... If you're just tuning in, this might be your first episode listening to this. I am currently located in Jamaica. And don't let the accent fool you. I'm not talking about Jamaica, New York. Yes, I grew up in New York. However, I live in Jamaica, Jamaica, the island of Jamaica. And let me tell you, it is very difficult to fund my Web3 ventures and anything that I'm trying to do with my current bank. So I decided to open a new account with a new bank today. So it all started with the online application process that, of course, we're trying to transition from this whole going into tellers and speaking to banks, doing things online. Sure, sounds great, right? I have online bank accounts that I literally have no physical location whatsoever for them as far as in the States. So I'm used to this, right? I go to the website, horrible experience. First of all, it just would not load up the fields where I'm supposed to select the different branches and all the information about myself, which parish I'm in and all that. It just was not working. Then, of course, I try to make an appointment. They tell me there's no appointments. I show up at the place. They tell me there should have been an appointment. So this is how it all starts off. The phone experience, the loop, you know, you're clicking, press one for whatever, all of that. It is not working. It's broken. So luckily, press zero. Although that was not an option, I still end up with a real person and all of these different things. So it starts off with a shaky situation, but I know this is Jamaica, whatever. I'm used to this. This is nothing new. I go into the bank to open the account and it was a three hour process. And this is just simply to open up an account, make a very small deposit. And what should have been very quick literally took half of my morning. But I really felt it for this English guy who was not familiar with the whole system, how things work down here, how slow it was. And trust me, my very first experience when I came from New York, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is where I came from and how these things actually run down here. Well, this guy, it was his first experience. I guess his family is from Jamaica, but he was born in England, came back to Jamaica, setting up bank accounts, trying to do some transactions. And unfortunately, he had a noon deadline. And He was there from 8.30 in the morning and it was 11 o'clock at the point where he started to just get out of character and start to make some noise in the place that it was going to mess up his whole day, his whole business and everything. Now, come to tell you that this guy then finds out that this was a cashless branch. He couldn't make the transaction. He needed his British passport. He couldn't do it with a driver's license, all sorts of different things. And it was just a total disaster. And I was looking at him thinking, man, this could have been a lot worse because I would hate to be in his situation. I'm just trying to open an account and then walk down the street and go back to my job. And luckily, it is a family business, so it's not like I'm going to get fired for taking too long, although it could be an issue. Of course, you know how it is working with family. But one thing was very interesting. After I got the account all set up, I'm good to go. I'm back at work. In the afternoon, when things slowed down, I tried to set up the online banking, right? That should take, what, maybe a minute, two at max? Well, multiple times, this thing failed, and it came to this point where it was asking me to set up 
a security key and it was giving me the option between a soft key and a hard key. I'm like, what? What in the world is this? So I go to Google it, try to figure out what exactly this means. Come to find out a soft key and a hard key is basically what we're used to in Web3 with a hot wallet and a cold wallet. Literally, instead of using Google Authentication or Microsoft or one of these, they use this, I can't even remember what the name of the app is, but completely just crazy. And that is the soft key version. So it is a authentication method that is a an app on a device. Okay. But then there is a hard key, which is basically a cold wallet. It is a physical device that you get from the bank that then you press it to sign and authorize you to use the bank software via the internet. It's absolutely crazy and just mind-blowing to me. And these are all the steps that you have to go through because of security issues and all sorts of things. That sounds like a good security feature, but it's like, why go all the way there with all these bells and whistles and hoops? And it's just absolutely crazy because the people are not ready for this. I am a techie person always in this stuff. I mean, I have a ledger, a treasure, MetaMask, and all sorts of different things. And I'm used to all of this stuff. And I could not figure out how to set up this online banking. A couple hours on the phone, multiple phone calls and frustration. And still, the day is about to end. And I have not set up this thing. This is going to go into next week. And Monday is a holiday. So who knows? I spoke to a couple people that have been using this bank for a long time and said, ask them if they were using the online banking, what have you. And so far, everyone says no, they have not set it up because it is way too difficult to set up. I'm like, okay, this is absolutely ridiculous. So they have this online banking feature, which no one is using because it is way too difficult to set up. Does this sound familiar, anybody? So of course I go to Twitter. I put out a tweet saying, hey, if you're in Jamaica right now, I can definitely tell you that Web3 is less complicated than opening an account at this particular bank. And of course, somebody replied quickly to that and started to tell me their horror stories with a local bank. But why am I sharing this? What does it have to do with you? And why is this even relevant? I can definitely tell you that there's a lot of overlapping things that are reminiscent of what we're going through with Web3, trying to onboard people. And I can tell you that this experience by far is way worse. If anyone can figure out how to do an online banking situation in this particular bank, I can definitely tell you that you will have no problem dealing with hot wallets, cold wallets, Web3, NFTs, crypto, all of that stuff. It is way easier. Trust me on that one. And this is the biggest bank in Jamaica. And one of the biggest frustrations that people might have with as far as Web3 and all that stuff is some of these different exchanges and apps and stuff. They want you to KYC, know your customer, showing your ID and all that. Let me tell you the hoops that you have to go through for a local bank here to know their customer. First of all, I'm physically there speaking to a teller with my ID, a job letter, references from two people who have accounts at the bank, utility bills, and not to mention multiple people in the bank personally know me and I'm waving to them as I'm trying to do this. They're there talking to me and asking me questions and what have you. So this is what I'm going through. And trust me, I had the express service in the sense that they probably would have gave someone a lot harder time with all the questioning and everything because even one of the letters, it wasn't really up to standard. So I had to make a phone call, have them revise the letter and have one of the guys run it down the street to me and bring me a brand new letter. So I'm just talking about this is a ridiculous process. And it makes me think, well, what sort of things could possibly be done to just eliminate this altogether? And I look at Web3 as the answer for that. As I said, if you can do all of this, you will have a breeze getting into Web3. So I'm thinking, well, instead of having people funnel into this system, just skip it all together, go straight to Web3 and just do what you have to do to get 
out of that mess. And this is just to get fiat currency and deal with that. You know, this is not anything technical. This is basic banking, but extremely difficult. So when I look around the world and I know, sure, this is Jamaica, little Jamaica, but there is a full continent of Africa. There's Southeast Asia. There's other places in the world that I can understand and believe that their economies and things are basically in the same situation as Jamaica right now. All of South America, or I should say most of South America, And there's multiple options and places and growth opportunities for things like this. And I really believe that there's going to be NFT solutions from projects and Web3 architecture that is built to solve all of these problems, less headache, less friction, much quicker, lower cost. And it will bring the unbanked into the system. If you just Google that term unbanked, if you're living in the UK, US, Canada, or any of those really developed nations, you're probably not even familiar with the term unbanked. But believe it or not, there is a huge percentage of people that don't even have a savings account. They literally operate with cash. They save it in cupboards, under their beds, mattresses. They tuck it away in socks. You name it. I mean, they do not have bank accounts. And I would want to say that is probably the majority of the world, but I'm not going to have the statistics right before me. and I'm not going to just throw that out there. And uh, it might just be mind-blowing for anyone that really comes from any of those countries that I just mentioned, such as the U.S. and Canada and so forth. So what we're seeing right now as far as what's going on in this NFT space is mostly profile pictures, especially on the Ethereum side of things. And that is finding communities. And that is absolutely awesome. I love it. The people that I've come into contact with, all of the great people as far as business mentors or people that have just ideas I can bounce off with, I can have a lot of conversations with my quote-unquote NFT Web3 friends that I can never have in real life with anyone I know because no one's into this stuff. And even if they'll entertain me just because they like me, they're not going to really add value to the conversation or teach me anything new. But I find that within these communities. And with that said, so I'm not knocking profile picture projects or any of that stuff or community seems to be the buzzword, but I can definitely say I'm pretty much maxed out as far as what communities I can join and be a part of and get value from or even give value to, contribute to, because there's only 24 hours in a day. If I'm trying to build, trying to run businesses, trying to do all of these things, put out podcasts, I mean, it's completely crazy to think that right now I'm a part of some great communities. I mean, the Chibis, NFT365, Bulls and Apes Projects, 90s Babes, Hoodlum Society, uh, Apocalyptic Apes, Crypto Tech Women, Voids, Meta Athletes. I mean, I think I'm probably missing out some that I'm really enthusiastic about. But then, of course, I'm hosting spaces with the NFT Lime community that I'm trying to build up here locally in Jamaica. I have this podcast, email list. I mean, you name it. There's so many things going on within this space. So it's like I'm thinking, well, do I really need any more profile picture projects getting into more communities? And that's the main utility for a particular project. And I say to myself, no, not really. I mean, as much as I say and preach that find your home community, find that base that you're going to rock with and stick with those people, grow together and all that stuff, 100% stick by that. And I will say that to anyone coming to the space new. But as far as someone who's trying to get the full value of this NFT space and really build for the future and do some awesome things, I don't think the answer is finding more communities because how much can you possibly get from being a part of 100 communities? I mean, spending one minute in each community per day is not going to do anything for you. You're going to have to get to know people and that takes all time. And again, we have 24 hours. It is very limited. So going forward, I'm starting to look at some of these NFT plays that I'm looking for. Honestly, I don't necessarily care about the art unless I'm buying it strictly for art purposes, for collection, for my own personal use. And 
I'm not thinking about anything as far as utility. I just want to uphold it, support the artist, and I think it's cool to look at, see it in my wallet, show to friends, and things of that nature. However, anything else, I mean, honestly, it could just say pass. It could say anything. We know all this stuff could be token-gated, but now how I'm looking at this stuff and things that I'm trying to find right now are things that are going to basically be full companies and they're going to solve real-world problems. I'm going to put my marketer hat, my entrepreneurial hat on right now, and there is a quote that I absolutely love. The first person I heard say it was Russell Brunson, and he's by far one of my favorite marketer, if not my favorite marketer. I have some of his books and I can definitely say it is by far worth more than my however many thousands of dollars I spent to get my marketing degree, whatever it is. I've learned more from just learning how to do things online and of course, just interacting with his content and reading his books and all that stuff. But this is not a pitch for him. All I want to say is a quote that I got from him, which I think is absolutely amazing, is an entrepreneur is someone who takes someone's problems as their own because they're solving problems and they're figuring out ways to overcome that. And of course, that is how they're serving their customers, right? The entrepreneur is taking that problem as their own. It's not their problem. It's their customer's problem. But because they take it so personally, they're able to build a massive business around it. And I like to think of even another guy that has this ask method. His name is Ryan Levesque. Just another great stuff. In case you haven't really listen to me and understand I am a big marketing nerd. I mean, I have a folder with ads, right? I mean, most people don't do this. I screenshot ads on Facebook when I see something really cool. And a lot of times YouTube ads, I'll sit there and I'll watch through them and everything because I'm just intrigued by that. And even commercials. <laughs> when I was in school, I thought one of the coolest things to do was to create commercials. And when most people were downloading you know, movies and things of that nature on LimeWire, I had a massive folder of international commercials, commercials that won awards for most controversy, uh, most creativity, strongest meaning, driving emotion. I mean, it, it was crazy. But anyways, I'm going all over the place right now. This guy, Ryan Levesque, he came out with this thing called the ask method. And one of the things like probably the pillar of that is asking people what their greatest struggle is right now, but also asking them how long have they had that struggle? how much time they've invested into it, and also how much money they've spent trying to solve it. Because if you find someone that has a crazy, crazy problem that they have invested, let's say, 40 hours, 50 hours, 100 hours of their own personal time trying to solve this, and then they couldn't, and then they start to pour money onto it, and they still can't solve it. Well, if you can ever figure out what that problem is and solve it, well, you have a massive company there because if there's one person like that, there's gonna be other people out there like that. And if you're able to serve that audience, boom, right there you have a business. Another key thing is like the total addressable market, which is like how big the market can possibly be. Are we talking about something that is just very unique that's let's say maybe one person on some desert island that needs a better way to, I don't know, uh, get coconuts from a tree so that they can flag down a plane because they are shipwrecked and they're all alone. Something crazy like that. Well, there's only one person on that shipwrecked island. And no, that is not a very good total addressable market. But all the things that I've spoke about, all the frustrations and everything that I was saying with banking solutions and what's going on and Web3 is a way easier process than what I just went through with Jamaica. Well, Jamaica has a population of 3 million people. Believe it or not, those of you that are around the world and you probably know countless Jamaicans in your town, if you're in London, if you're in Toronto, New York, Fort Lauderdale, even Tokyo, you probably say, what? There's probably more than 3 million Jamaicans right here in this town. So it's pretty crazy. But yes, this little island only officially has 3 million people on it. 
And honestly, I think it's probably 10x that around the world. But that's besides the point. That is still a huge total addressable market. And if you ask everyone on the island, well, who would want a easy, seamless way to save and send money? I mean, I think 3 million hands would go up. The problem is the situation that we have right now, the best solution, these banks, still probably half of the population is not using them, but is the best that we have right now. So just think about that. As a venture capitalist, someone who is looking to invest into a startup company or someone who's going to offer a better solution for a lot of these headaches that we have to go through, you know, those are the type of NFT projects I'd like to buy into. Those passes where the utility is literally financing and backing a company. Now, a lot of people will come up with their sweet talk and their roadmaps and have literally nothing behind it. That's not what I'm talking about because that is like the dot-com era. If you remember what the 90s were like, if you lived through that, you know what that was like. Anyone with an idea scribbled on a napkin, just threw a dot-com on it, well, then money came pouring towards you and there was no company, no sales, no profit. I mean, they were literally spending millions of dollars on offices without even having anything to sell. And that is not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is a company that has bootstrapped their way to solving that problem, is building some momentum, has something viable, showable, and they're using NFTs as a way to basically further grow their support and to help finance what they're doing. Not saying that they're heavily relying just solely on the mint or the sale or whatever. Considering that these are actual businesses, they probably have loans, they have a team, they have outside financing and all that stuff because if their ambitions and their goal is big enough, a little mint probably isn't going to be enough. Because think about it, if if Jeff Bezos was trying to build Amazon by minting out an NFT, they would run out of money pretty quickly, even in 90s dollars, right? 1990s dollars. So first and foremost, I would love to find some projects that are offering financial products and solutions to the headache that I just went through because that was just horrible. Now, trust me, I don't know exactly how this would look or whatnot, but I am out there and I'm looking for these solutions. And that is the type of projects that I'm going to be looking for and searching for. And hopefully I find teams that have a track record of delivering similar things or something within that industry, or at least building and scaling and selling companies in the past. So that way I can have some confidence in what they're trying to build now. But I'd love to know what your thoughts are on that as far as my approach going forward and saying that I'm pretty much capped out on communities. I don't need to really join anymore. I'm just going to double down in those and then look for businesses that I can basically angel invest into, right? I'm buying those NFTs to help to fund that project and be a part of it and maybe offer my services, my network. I don't know what I can offer to it, but being in it for that purpose as opposed to finding that community to vibe with or to rock with. What are your thoughts on that? Have you found your people? And if so, what are you looking for now with NFT? Love to hear what your thoughts are on that. Please feel free to reach out to me at Tropic Vibes on Twitter. Or if you want to send me an old fashioned email or anything, please feel free to look in the show notes. I have my contact information. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.